Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. From Postcard from the Past and Wardoff Studios, this is Podcast from the Past, the Postcard Podcast. This is the podcast where we engage with colourful little inky cardboard oblongs for longer and with more close attention than is strictly necessary as we attempt to understand the memories, meanings and stories held by picture postcards. I'm Tom Jackson and today I'm delighted to say my guests in the studio are two writers, Keggy Carew and A.L. Alison Kennedy. Alison and Keggy, hello and welcome. Hello. Well, until 2004, Keggy Carew made her career in contemporary art. Um, but that changed when she suddenly gained access to her father's attic, uh, where she discovered two trunks of paperwork that would set in motion the shaping of her memoir of her father, the unconventional and rather extraordinary Tom Carew. And for that book, Dadland, Keggy won the 2016 Costa Award. Um, and her latest book, Quicksand Tales, is an autobiographical collection of embarrassing, awkward and uncomfortable moments. Hopefully none of them will be replicated today. <laughs> and Keggy comes to the studio today with um, a slightly smudgy postmark, but um, it looks to me like um, West Cork in Ireland, is that right? West Cork, um, 1983, uh, arrived in Ireland with um, my first love, and we set up house in like you know some old tumble down cottage on the on the edge of uh, the sea, and it was just complete freedom. It was just being somewhere where I completely loved and spent most of my time listening to Irish music and just laughing at just the sort of brilliant characters and you know. Or incredible hilarity constantly. So, yeah, that would be my postmark, 1983, West Cork. I'm surprised you ever moved. I know. Well, you know, life. <laughs> <laughs> Love, life. Yeah, yeah stuff happens. Stuff happens, <laughs> it certainly does, yeah. And, Keggy, do you still send postcards? I do. I don't send as much as I used to, and they're usually sort of duty, you know, sort of thanks very much postcards. Um, Nothing wrong with that. No, I get quite a few postcards, and the ones I keep, when I was looking for these photographs, I thought, well, it, the ones I keep usually have a story behind them or something else. So it has to sort of almost have something else for me, like some hidden or something like that. Yes. Clue to... to uh, you know, Quite so. right, too. Only a fool would uh, stack up huge numbers well, of postcards yeah. and boxes <laughs> in their garage with no reason at all. <laughs> now, the extraordinarily prolific uh, A.L. Kennedy describes her work as writing about things that interest, infuriate and astonish her, which makes a lot of sense to me. 
Um, mm. She's won numerous book awards uh, in the UK and overseas, including the Costa for Day, um, an extraordinary journey into the troubled psyche of um, rear gunner Alfred Day, um, and as well as novels, short story collections, non-fiction, books for children. She also writes for the stage, screen, television, and has written for and presents for the radio. Indeed. So um, I'm particularly pleased you found time <laughs> to come along and talk to us today. Yeah, I'm just going to sleep in a corner. Yes, yeah, so it was, it, it's warm in here anyway. It's lovely. Very um, warm. <laughs> so, Alison, you come to us today bearing what kind of postmark? It looks pretty indecipherable and faint to me. Yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, I had a sort of strange childhood. My my home was not particularly homely, so I can be completely at home within about two days, pretty much anywhere. Is that a uh, curse or a, a, a it's benefit? Quite, it's kind of cool, I think. It upset me until I was about 20, and then I started really travelling, going to Australia, um, New Zealand and India and the Middle East, and, you know, I would get uh, culture shock when I came back. I remember coming back from uh, Jordan and the Sinai Peninsula and just sitting in Heathrow Airport, which is hell. Yes, um, it's not a good example of your own... Yeah, country. But, and they were launching the British Airways Tartan, which that's just <laughs> everything is wrong about that sentence. There is no good word in that sentence. Uh, and as a Scottish person, you're just going, oh, my God, I just had to get back on a plane, be back in Wadi Rum, lying down looking at the sky. Um, but, yeah, Collinsy or Vancouver Island or Tofino or, uh, yeah, the worst of Ireland or um, Nairn or Glasgow, because I love that. Uh, there's too many places that I love hugely Paris, I mean, it's ridiculous. Berlin. Well, uh, the, the world is ours, so why not? Why not? Yeah, well, you've got to make a benefit of it. Being a writer now is very, uh, can be very much just itinerant all the time. Um, so I think you might as well like it. Well, yes, yes. I can claim to be body searched in Heathrow when I was 20 years old. <laughs> when it was neither Completely. fashionable nor popular. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Inside, outside, woo. Oh. Dragged off to a, a little cell for about two hours while my mother was oh, waiting to gosh. pick me up. <laughs> Worried sick, no doubt. Well, I don't oh. know. I, I doubt it. But um, yeah. It's when they ask you, may I wonder, and they they just go through, <laughs> may I wonder about X? It's like, I, yeah, but this is getting creepy because you're just naming body parts and you're yeah. waggling that thing. And just because yeah. I. No, could... it was when, the oh. days when you had passports and it was stamped, you know, had yeah. hundreds Pum-pum. of stamps from exotic, uh, you know, Bolivia and places. You've got one wrong. Well, yeah. Yeah. No, that they, they just thought, oh, why is she yep. been to Bolivia and Peru and places like that? So, yep. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, got, I got the why have you been to the Middle East? <laughs> oh, We're going to conduct a random search. It's not random, it's always me. <laughs> and the person yeah. two yards behind me has already done this. Yes. You have seen me not receiving any explosives in the interview. I like four that. Feet. It's not random, it's always me. I like that. Oh, I, am that, that I should have, yeah, I might steal that one. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and Alison, when did you last send a postcard? Um, oh, probably within uh, the last couple of months. I Good. have I have people that, that write to me that I don't know and they just write to me because they've read something and sometimes that turns into a correspondence. You talk about this, I think, on your website, the fact that people feel they have a an understanding of what you're about, which is always sometimes slightly fabricated just because they've read your book. Yeah, well, it's a very intense experience to, you know, have this thing talking to you in your head for however long it takes you to read a novel. So, yeah, it can be weird, and obviously I'm not writing back to the weird people. Um, But sometimes they're just... Or not the very weird weird Not the very weird people. Um, But there's there's a woman who keeps sending me bits of her uh, autobiography, which is extraordinarily well read and just gorgeous. Oh, Um, brilliant. So there's a benefit in these these unexpected correspondences. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, more often it's it's email now, but um, 
Yeah. And I used to say, I, I still, if I'm away, I'll send postcards to my mother. But my writing is utterly indecipherable, so it's more a token than a communication. Really. Here's a card you can struggle over for the next few months. Well, she, you know, she would spend, when I used to do it a lot, when there was no electronic anything, um, yeah, she would spend about a week trying to work out what I had said, and then there would be another postcard, and it would be a nice sort of hobby. <laughs> and she'd show it to other people, and they'd go, no, I don't know what that means either. <laughs> Before we discover the cards that Keggy and Alison have brought along, uh, I'll give you a quick card of mine. This is, of course, um, in the postcard from the past style, um, like I do on Twitter, where you get an old card with um, just a bit of the message that I've selected. Hmm. So here is a card. Um, it's published by Colour Master in 1974, and it's one of a series of many, many cards with exactly the same seagull. Well, that seagull was seen in um, most oh, no. coastal resorts around Britain. Oh. Um, oh, it must have been so conceited and precious. Yeah, well, I think it was probably on a royalty. So yeah. One, one chip per... Um, anyway, so um, this was sent by someone called... No, they've got your handwriting on us and so... Uh, uh, I don't know. And might be it, from me. Might be. It was sent to Lancashire. Um, and they're not, they're not impressed by uh, New Quay in 1974. They say, this is not the place it used to be. Too many long-haired layabouts. Uh, yeah. There's a phrase you don't hear anymore, long-haired layabouts. Yeah. Um, I'll do another quick one. This is from um, Plymouth. And uh, it's actually, well, the picture is of Mevagissi, and it's a caravan park. Um, mm, lovely. If you like caravan parks, it's fabulous. Ooh. If you don't like the look of them, it's pretty hideous. There's it's just thousands of caravans. Mm. Draining the joy from my soul just looking <laughs> at it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what this uh, range was supposed to do, I think. But this is actually very hard to read. It's very small writing. It's sent to sent to Southampton, uh, 1980, 7th of July, by um, Jane and Jeff. And it's a sort of story, really. We erected the tent without any trouble, but had to spend some time wiping it down as there was something black all over it, which Jeff took to be mould. So um, if you ever thought of camping, that would be probably enough. Yeah. Those, white, those, white camp, those white campsites, I always wonder, why didn't they ever paint them green? Why, you know, those oh, the caravans. Yeah, why don't they just paint them green? You know, you get these white yeah. squares, millions over a cliff or something yeah. in Wales or Cornwall. Because the posh ones on film sets are silver, aren't they? Or there's American oh, Winnebago. Oh, streamlined oh, things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they are always white. They're always white. White with an accent of colour, perhaps. Yeah. yeah, it has to look like a really bad council estate in the most beautiful place they yes, can find. Yes, exactly, yeah. 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 Yeah, I just wonder if it's because yeah. they look so modern and fresh when you buy them in the showroom, and so clean. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it, yeah, yeah, clean. Yes. You'd yes. want a caravan. To, well, you don't want your tent to be covered in black slime any more than you want your caravan to uh, be filthy. They probably died of a hideous mole-related illness. That was their last postcard. <laughs> yes, the next one's from their relatives. Yeah, it's toxic. Well. To let you know, images of all the cards we discussed today are on the blog, postcardfromthepast.co.uk, um, including the uh, caravan site, um, so you can investigate for yourself. Now, uh, Alison and Keggy, you've been kind enough to come to the studio today with postcards of your own. Keggy, can we start with you? What's the? You've got the first couple of cards, I think, are both well, more or less contemporaneous? Yeah, well, contemporaneous, if you think 1974 and 1975 is contemporaneous, <laughs> I think there's a I'll few get, out I'll, there that I'll get back not. in my box. <laughs> Um, the first one is uh, a postcard. It's a watercolour by Richard Dad of Crazy Jane, painted in 1855. 
The postmark is 1974. It's to me. Um, and it's from a boy that I liked. Um, and he says, um, I saw this and thought of you. Oh, there is. <laughs> so, and Crazy actually, Jane. Wow. Crazy Jane. And actually, she does slightly remind me. And I, was, I remember being rather perplexed at the time because in one sense I was quite flattered, but I was also alarmed because she does look pretty crazy. Um, Richard Dad was actually in a mental institution at the yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, he knew this. about mental illness. Yeah, he, really he also was in there because he had just killed his dad, yes. you know, yes. which also yes. sort of slightly links back to me and, and my whole kind of, well, thing with my dad. Not that I killed him, but I might have killed him in a way. Oh, um, okay. Or shut him up for good. You've you certainly anatomised him. <laughs> um, and it... Uh, yeah, I mean, at the time, my mum was going through a terrible nervous breakdown, and she had been um, sectioned in the in the uh, in the uh, quite close uh, asylum or mental hospital nearby. And um, Yates sort of took on Crazy Jane and and sort of looked at her and thought, okay, so here's the the soul fighting the self, and and actually that slightly was a bit. That was sort of what was happening to me at the time. And the boy that sent this, I had, uh, he was like a poetic uh, boy that played guitar. But he was also sort of into this religion, um, which was called, I don't know, they went to this thing called the Mariopolis. And so I got religion for a little while in my life, you know, because I thought it was a good way of escaping. I mean, it was for a very, I dabbled for only a very short time. Um, But it was, you know, Crazy Jane here is sort of standing. Insanity is sort of dwarfing the authority of the church, and um, and then Yates sort of he ha- he has Crazy Jane sort of fighting with the bishop, and so it's all wrapped up with religion and love and insanity. And my mother, whose actual name was she was called Jane, so the whole thing. Was this boy aware of how how sort of freighted this postcard was with meaning for you? Well, this is the thing about freight, isn't it? You don't realise until you start unpicking it, and that's Mm. what happened with Dadland. You start, you know, you start one thread pulls another thread, and then you go, God, that's my mum, or that's me, or I am my mum, you know, (laughs) and it just goes on and on and on. And then you think, you look at the dates, and then, um, do you know what Angela Carter said about Richard Dad? I wrote it down here. she, She said. Uh, he painted the quaint pornography of Never Never Land. So there we go. Wow. And a lot in that. just one mm. last thing. A week ago, literally a week ago, I got an email from the very boy that sent me this card oh, oh, oh. Um, saying how much he enjoyed Quicksand Tales. So there's oh, a plug for my book. Yeah, but it good. is true that, uh, uh, that 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 was so these circles seem to kind of tie themselves in knots and come back on each other. Oh, and and some of those dad paintings were owned by Freddie Mercury, I think, weren't they? Were they? Yeah, I'm not were sure if that they? one was. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think, it, well, that whole sort of... It was a time of the incredible stream. Band, which is another thing. This, oh, this yeah. boy introduced uh, me to the Incredible String uh, Band, which I still, I yeah. still adore the Incredible String Band. Quite right. So there we go, 1974. Very good. I'm glad you've held on to it all this time. I have, I have. Yeah, it's an amazing image. Ah, uh, I've got boxes and stuff. You know, I, I, I hang on to stuff that interests me. But it is an incredible image, I think. Yes, yes. And I think if somebody says this reminds you of, of you, you sort of your yes. own. One does tend to. Um, and of course, I mean, from, from the earliest days of, of postcards, um, people used to talk about them as being sort of, uh, you could have a pocket picture gallery. Mm. And yes. postcards do do that from a gallery or whatever. You can, you, you, you know, you could hold on to it yeah. and it's yours and yeah. it's there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, of course, you could Google these things. But yeah. there is something about having that little gallery of stuff in a box somewhere ready mm. for you. And 
they're, mar- they're markers of time and markers of, and they are, you know, they spark off memories of, of other things. So, yeah, they're fantastic. Very good. And what's the other one you've got there? So, oh, Barcelona is, it's a, it's a postcard, rather a dull postcard of Barcelona of the Ramblers. And, but it's postmarked 1975, and it's actually from me to my mother and my sister. And it's that it was my first job abroad, uh, my first time away. I was sort of nineteen, I think, and I was I got a job as an au pair to this preposterously fancy family plastic surgeon, one of the richest people in Barcelona. Wow! And he had five horrendous boys, like no four boys. They were really <laughs> naughty, and it was just hell. And the house was this white modern house, which in 1975 I've never seen anything all white before, and. Um, my dad had given me, uh, he'd rushed, we walked down Charing Cross Road and he dashed into a shop and came out um, with the story of Saint Michel. And he'd given me right. that book for, by Axel Month. And I read it and I found it very meaningful that he'd given me on my first trip. Um, and it gave me the, the, um, uh, guts, I suppose, to leave the job. That the spirit of of independence in in within the, that book gave me the to leave to leave the job and just um, I'd uh, Frank who died while I was there and the four boys. Oh, what a time to be there! Were sitting oh. watching television with the state funeral and everything, just weeping and wailing really? and crying. The whole family black everywhere, and it was just I thought you know a five-year-old crying over a murderous, tyrannical, mm. fascist dictator. Yeah, yeah. And I had met some boys, more boys, um, on scooters. And oh, I just okay. rang one of them up. Well, I, I can't remember how, how, how one contacted people in those days. I've no idea. <laughs> but it came round, whizzed me off, and I went and stayed with one of their sister, and we zoomed around Barcelona on scooters. And then overnight when Franco died, um, on the Ramblers, all the newspapers, um, they were used to have black... Uh, sensor board strips mm. over the over sun page three, you know, over okay. the bosoms, mm. and that they're all off overnight. Uh, Suddenly, really? yeah. freedom, democracy, and yeah, tits yeah. ahoy. Yeah, <laughs> freedom in all its senses. Yeah, so those those are seventy four, seventy five. There's a card that I found in a box, which was um, someone was on holiday in Spain, British person on holiday in Spain, and they say we're having a great time. But Franco died yesterday, so there's no, nothing happening in any of the bars, <laughs> not even any music. So I thought that was fantastic because that, really, that, yeah. that, that, that's history as it's lived, yeah, really. Yeah. The, 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 it's not about um, the the political implications. Yeah. It's the fact that you couldn't hear any music in the bar that night. Yeah, but maybe the next night you probably could because it was incredibly fast how Spain was changed. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. was literally... It was an extraordinary feat of, of, of change. Uh, the king managed the... What was it? One Carlos. Yeah, yeah, he managed to do a really pretty good job on that. But. And that's really when the boom in travel to Spain yeah. t- took a sort of yeah, huge yeah, leap yeah. after yeah, that. Because yeah. you weren't going to get beaten insensible by them. No, because this yeah. was quite a dark place. Well, holiday, holiday, you yeah, want your holiday to be yeah. a liberating experience. And yeah. if, yeah. if you're so living under a, Franco, it's not so good. Yeah. Now we're a total blight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, the Guardia Civil were quite, were quite intimidating and scary. God, yeah, with know, those hats. With those yeah. black yeah. hats and, the, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suppose the sense that the whole thing was a bit of a lingering on from a previous age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It still is in in many respects. You know, all sorts of un unsorted out things from that era. You yeah. know, disappeared. I mean, they still don't know where Lorca <laughs> is. You know, no. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. But a lot of countries that we all thought had moved into the twenty first century feel like they're um, finding their way back into the what, past. Like so. this one, hurrah for the eighteenth century. <laughs> yeah. Throw another orphan on the fire. Yeah. 
So, Alison, we're on to your cards. What mm. are the first... You've got a, I think you've got a couple as well here. What have, you, what have you got to show us? Oh, you've got three, in I've fact. I've got a little clutch of three. Um, I do love going to Sark. Um, I think because I read Mr. Pie, mm. and I, I always wanted to go there, and then I was on, on an aeroplane almost the last time I flew because I hate it, and it was turbulence all the way back from Canada. And there was a little tiny article about Sark, and I'd been meaning to go there for decades, and I finally sort of said... Right, I'm going, if I live through this flight, I will never get on a plane again, and I will go to Sark. So I did. But um, in order to get to Sark, you have to go to Guernsey, which, again, is this mishmash of insane amounts of rampant alcoholic behaviour, secretive banking, and bits and pieces of the 1950s, and they still sell um, these sort of comic, dirty, titsy... Uh, postcards. So Three. these are these are sort of classic smutty cards. Yeah. So you've got I'm 93, doctor, and I don't enjoy my sex life like life life like I used to. When did you first notice it? Twice last night and again this morning. <laughs> you know, which is sort of hopeful, yeah. although he has this death stare in in the drawing. <laughs> well, the men in these cards uh, are really not very um, generously drawn on the whole, are they? They're, no, it's got sort very of, red noses. Yeah, it's sort of interesting because all the men are slightly weaselly and pathetic. Yeah. And the women are very busty. So it's an interesting balance of the sexes. Yes. And then you've got what looks like a sort of comic drawing of the Blitz and this man in a big brass fireman's helmet, excuse the double meaning, with his hose <laughs> at an angle and this guy in the crowd going, blimey, what a man. Um, it's sort of the 1941 meets 1971. Um, I like the idea that he might, the onlooker, might genuinely think that this wasn't... He's a fireman. He's got, yeah, what the hell is he doing up that ladder? The chances with that are thing? he's got a hose. Nope, <laughs> not for this chap. No, no, no. He's he's got confused. And the the angle he's holding at, he's he's obviously a very bad fireman. Yes, because uh, yes. that wouldn't work yes. at all. He's yeah. dousing down the top of the building. Yes. It reminds me of the uh, was it Sansom short stories about being a volunteer fireman. Immensely dangerous. He'd just be dead. That's, that's <laughs> seconds before he dies having made a dick joke, which is, you know, he deserves it. Um, and of course, the actually not a very good version of the spectacles joke with this uh, optician's assistant saying, no, no, Mr. Smith, I said I could see your worn old spectacles. But he's got his trousers around his ankles. But oh. It does not make any sense. I don't get that. Um, <laughs> I'm very bad at yeah. So, but well, the yes. Listeners can can write in to explain that joke. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. I think I it's the word spectacles. Spe- yes. Ah, he's okay. he's obviously very deaf as well as an exhibition. Yeah. He probably needs oh, to have an okay. ear trumpet or something okay, to make okay, it work. Okay, yeah. Yes. But this is. They just they rem- apart from anything else they remind me of my grandfather who was incredibly proper, and. We'd share a hotel room. I would go with my granny and grandpa to Blackpool, and he would—he'd only be getting down as far as his vest and underpants and long grey socks. But in order to do that, he would climb into the wardrobe <laughs> and put his pajamas on in the wardrobe, and then he would come back out fully dressed, basically again, Brilliant. and then he would go to bed. But obviously, not just like that. I mean, he was quite racy, and if you went past a fish shop, he would always go, morning, ladies, which was his little joke to himself, really, because I was tiny at that point. Um, Sweet, sweet, sweet man. But I remember sitting watching Dave Allen with him, who I loved, that storytelling thing. And he told a story about, you know, the Catholic Church putting warnings on condoms. Okay. And the more urgent the warning was that you shouldn't wear a condom 
the larger the lettering would become, which, again, I did not understand no, it. complicated. But my grandfather made this noise of a man being unable to not laugh, okay. but kind of, it just kind of barks. There's just this... Uh, so I knew it must have been very funny, but I didn't know why, and he wasn't going to say. So I just sat there, and I've never forgotten that joke. But he was an absolute... Yeah, he was a sweetheart, but he did like this kind of stuff. I have a... This is making him sound very pervy, but he he wasn't that. But he was just an old school kind of guy, and he had a a bottle opener in the shape of a naked lady, right? Which my granny really liked as well. Now that probably came from the seaside as well, didn't it? Yeah. I would imagine, yeah, sort of souvenir nudie lady opener with her her arms over her head forming forming the <laughs> bottle opener, which I still have. I still have the nudie lady bottle opener, which is just. <laughs> it's. I'm so full of affection for it. It makes me think of a lovely, lovely man. But in and of itself, it's horrendous. Yes, yes. It's. It's utter. There is everything wrong with it. Yeah, uh, but mean, 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 meaning doesn't quite work that way, does it? The meaning is there for yeah, you. Yeah. But they're, they're interesting these 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 podcasts because if you walk past a shop in the next road from us here and you saw them outside, I'd want to set fire to it. Well, you wouldn't. Yeah, you would not be impressed. At the seaside, it's kind of different. Every, everything's oh. different at the seaside. I, I don't quite know why that would be. The seaside is just a. It's just where the land stops. It's not. It doesn't actually automatically have a sense of license and cheekiness about it. But it seems the, to. It's the raunchy smell of the tideline, maybe. I don't know. But I, I, I went back to Blackpool to work with two other people who were doing two other different types of work. And I haven't been since I was probably 10 or 11. And it is just porn. You mm. can't buy rock that isn't in the shape of somebody's yeah. genitals. It's just not possible anymore. It was so sad and seamy and awful. And I mean, I'm sure it's changed, but you're also just thinking, wow, I'm, I've missed a lot. But I, I think when... when I must go. Yes. Yeah. Peggy's booking a ticket. We, we, we ran away. We literally I getting ran away. Like that, but in the early in the early days of postcards, I know that um, Blackpool was seen as a, as a bit of a hotbed of um, pornographic postcards. Now, oh yeah, in the brown. It's sometimes hard to distinguish when you yeah. read about these things whether they mean rude jokes like this, you know, comic smutty postcards, dirty yeah. postcards, yeah. or they actually mean. Pornography. It is hard to tell the difference. Of, of ladies in black and white. But from, um, yeah. it, it became a big problem. In fact, Blackpool and, and a couple of other resorts got so upset about it that they began. Um, the council was in charge of censoring these things. <laughs> yeah. That's what, it had to be the local council. But they were worried it would turn family tourists away. Um, yeah. In the, in the, at the beginning of the 20th century. So I think it's, it's it's a constant sort of battle between being cheeky and everyone having this jolly time and actually upsetting people. Well, yeah. It's, it's I mean, we, we just have got... in life generally, I suppose, but. Yeah, we got freaked out. We went to the Doctor Who Museum, which is odd that that would be a museum, Which was, and there was a, uh, a fish shop that was next to a fish museum. It just was all... Everything was sort of a museum. It's like being back in Cairo. And it's, it's the same thing as Are You Being Served, isn't it? There's those kind of risky yes. jokes that the English... Yeah. Or, I don't know, maybe the Germans... And it can be awful... Or it's just, there's a fag paper between it being genius, like Round the Horn, yeah. was yeah. utterly yeah. obscene all the time, but it was nonsensical yeah. and it was kind of even-handedly just bawling about everybody. Uh, and then there's, yeah, the army, army being served, which, which even made me uncomfortable when I was little. But Granny and Grandpa, they just hooted yeah. about it. Mm. And my Granny loved yeah. Billy Connolly, and she, could, she was from the Staffordshire. She could understand about one word in six. <laughs> my Granny couldn't watch it. Because he understood it. Because he was going to laugh. <laughs> so he just made tea. All right. 
kind of constantly, we were surrounded by mugs. We were just sitting in this sort of lukewarm bath of tea. And my granny was just howling. But she loved, you know, Max Miller and all of those oh, racy, yes. racy guys. Uh, but, yeah, I grew, you know, it's part, I, I grew up with lots of different kinds of humour and everybody that I knew kind I mean, of it, like you know, in a much more sort of, you know, tied up, society you've got these this is much more of a release in a way it's not, yeah you know where it should I, I, we don't kind of need that i don't think so no, much because you're going to go online and see everybody's everything really and it's quite a, yeah. quite a good thing to have a laugh about you know um, except, except a, a double meaning uh, yeah. always works yes. doesn't yeah, matter what double, society yeah. you're in because yeah. the, the you know the word takes you down one way and the meaning takes you somewhere else and, there's a and bit that's of, fun there's yes. a bit of extra about it if yes it's really it took well you somewhere done. you really didn't expect yeah, yeah. Or what, like, what date are these um, oh, no, you're not. i don't know where the originals okay. are. they're yeah. probably 60s i think yeah. 60s 70s i mean they, they they look like early 70s um, except as i say the, the fireman is existing in a little time bubble of bad firemanship <laughs> Um, yeah, but I do, I do love them. And I mean, I, this, I, I've just brought a selection of things that are on the shelves in my study. So those are on your shelf every day? Yeah. Good but gracious. I, I, <laughs> I'm going to be looking for the, the, the smutty gracious. puns in your work yeah. from now on. Well, if we even got that high at a moral <laughs> level. Um, but I don't, I, I get distracted. I know you're supposed to have a study with postcards on the shelves uh, in front of the books on the shelves, and it looks as if you're... But all of that is behind me, and I uh, sit okay. facing a blank wall, because yeah, that would distract the hell I out of me. I think you've probably got the right answer there, actually. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You're listening to Podcasts from the Past, the Postcard Podcast. Um, my guests today are A.L. Kennedy and Keggy Carew. Now, Keggy, you've got a couple more cards for us. Yes. But be- before you show them, I-, I want there was a line you quoted in Dadland. Crikey, oops. Yeah, here we go. Page, I don't want page on. No, but it's, it's a point that interests me. A long it, was, time ago. it was Roland Barthes. <laughs> Oh, yes. Um, yes, yes. And, you know, obviously he wrote about uh, photography and so on, but he said, at the root of every photograph, I wrote this down, is the catastrophe that has already occurred. Mm. Now, this wedding the, photographs, yes. yeah. And, and I saw, you know, sense that they're, they're all from the past. That's yeah, the yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, 
what intrigues intrigues me is whether whether you can flip flip the photograph over and if it's a postcard, and do those messages also have a catastrophe within yeah. them, or, or do they do they sometimes have a, a much more um, life enhancing gift to them? Discuss. Um, for me, mostly it's catastrophe. You know, really? that's what always attracts me. That's what I'm drawn to. It's catastrophe, and it's what you know. It's sort of things fall apart, and that's what happens, and that's what happens. You know, it's what happened and what's happened. And I love that that quote because it 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 you know it's almost like don't turn around or look behind you. You know, uh, I think that that particular quote came with a very very happy picture of my parents mm. when they were very mm. much in love and things were really wonderful for them. And and then you know I really did want to scream. You know, <laughs> look behind you or <laughs> yeah. or you know. Yeah. Um, but everything had happened by then, mm-hmm. so that it was, you know, I was grabbing at something that I desperately wanted to hold on to. Um, these two postcards that, that I've bought are very similar in, in, in a way. They're full of bristling with, mm. you know, family problems and denial and secrets wow. and, and, and trauma. Um, the first one is, uh, and it's all the clue. Uh, it's a very simple card. It's actually of, it's actually of, it's a sort of drawing of the insurance exchange building in Chicago. And it's, it's a quite an impressive building, isn't yeah. it? It's a proper yeah. tower block. Mm, yeah. Skyscraper. Yeah. And it's um, the postmark is nineteen nineteen, but it's November the first, nineteen nineteen. So that's important to me. It's from my great grandfather to his son, my grandfather, and it is the the address is being crossed out because my grandfather wasn't there, which was odd. That my oh, so it's moved further on. It's... So it had to be posted on to yep, my grandfather, yep. but I know why he wasn't there, and it was this huge family shame. The why he wasn't at Ballycedy, Tralee, County Kerry. He was an Irish. They were my, my, this is my father's family. They're Irish, and uh, I know why he wasn't there. But so would my grandfather probably have known why. Um, he all the the day is three weeks before my father is about to to be born and oh, my right. grandfather um my great my grandmother was 10 years older than my father she was a widow from the from the great war and she was not married to my grandfather so right. my f- grandfather was he looked after the horses at this grand irish castle called Ballycedy and that is why they had to leave the castle because she was t- mm. she was family fr- uh, she wasn't living in the castle but she was just in um her dead husband was closely related to the to the to the people that lived in, in in the castle. They had to go from big house when my grandfather had to get a job to big house to big house to big house. My father was born three weeks later in Ireland, you know, a bastard in Ireland, and that, that's in 1919. So that was a fairly a big thing. But the the two two other things about this one this 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 card for me was the secret woman that says always a Karoo secret woman which was my great grandfather's was also living out of wedlock with a a woman called Miss Sykes, right. who was as evil as her name sort of sounds to my grandfather and um he she replaced my f- grandfather's mother who shot my great grandfather in the neck with a pistol when he Whoa. was when he was a pilot of in, in uh, of the Suez Canal <laughs> um, so that's like this sort of huge st- all this Watch out for these carous. and then and then um the reason that they uh, they they were fleeing uh, in the end the house that granddad was working and got burnt to the ground 
um, and they had to flee to England. And my uncle, my, my father's elder half-brother, can remember all the sheep around the estate where they, where they lived with their, th- th- with their throats slit. And that was his oh. first memory when he was eight years old. Wow. So um, that was in the Irish War of Independence. And that's <clears> where my dad starts. I mean, you know, that's yeah, a, it's, yeah. it's very... What, it was, what a sort of conflicted job. Yeah. The second one is from my dad and it has also a mysterious woman in it <laughs> that nobody mentions. And you wouldn't know any of this no, if you hadn't no. worked to get oh, the knowledge. Absolutely. Which is, which is, I, yeah. You've, you've unpicked yeah. those layers, so, which yeah. is great. So now I, uh, which makes, you know, working, un- unravelling your family's history really fascinating. When I mean, I was lucky to have lots of kind of lots of material to work with, but... Um, this one is from my dad. It's the year after the the Second World War, and he worked. Uh, uh, he was an, a guerrilla agent that was dropped behind the lines doing resistance, uh, raising guerrillas in Burma and France. And SOE, um, Special Operations Executive, had disbanded. So he was really, you know, actually in in, in a bit of a state. Doesn't know really what to do. He ends up taking a job going to Quetta um, to teach cadets. I think parachuters. Um, but he takes his wife that he'd been married to for two years that didn't really sort of wasn't supposed to exist really because uh-huh. everybody didn't nobody liked her very much. Oh. My gran she was called Margot. My grandfather in all the diaries called her Maggot. They didn't go to my dad's <laughs> wedding, which was in 1944, just before he jumped into France the first time. That's wow. behind the lines in the yeah, dark. Yeah. 24 years old, yeah. in the middle of the night. They didn't even go to his wedding, and right. she wasn't like. He could probably have used some support then so as well. He, they were pretty incredible so he always but they're quite heartbreaking these all the letters from my dad who um his family called him arthur although he was christened tom and everybody else called him tom um he always tries to sort of Mm. pretend it's not happening and the only mention of margot is on the front of the postcard he's written uh, at one of the windows, our cabin. So that's oh, only right. the only the only sign that she's there. But she was this woman that I didn't really knew, know existed. And so we have all these newspaper reports of my dad dropping into in, in, uh, Burma in the war from Indian times and places. And it was always his wife's an Akak gunner. And I thought that's funny. My mum I didn't think my mum was an Akak gunner. In high, yeah, she because my mum was a codist. So I thought well, they've got it wrong. As yeah. newspaper journalists always get it wrong. But it yeah. just turned out to be. And we never knew what she looked like until my dad died. And they, we, his obituary went into the Times and Telegraph. And his first wife's brother wrote to me and said, can I, send, can, can I get into contact? And they'd actually been married for years, my dad mm. and Margot. Yeah. And um, uh, David, his, her, brother, her younger brother, sent me a photograph of her, mm. which I put in my book, mm. Dadland. And then about six months ago, uh, the reason that Margot left my dad is that she went and had an affair with a guy called Max Robinson, who was quite a famous sports commentator. Mm. And um, I wrote this in the book as well. Mm. Uh, and he, anyway, six months ago, I got a letter sent by my editor saying, I think you should have a look at this. Oh, gosh. So I, I looked at it, I'm thinking, oh, God, somebody's going to get me again. You know, what have I, <laughs> what have because I done? there's a lot yeah. of stuff in yeah, there yeah. That, that, that sort of could come back to you. It was the son of Max Robinson, and he had read Dadland all his life. He's older than me, so he's in his 70s or something. I don't know how old he was, but 
all his life he had wondered why his mother had le- why his father had left his mother in 1944 or wow. 46 whatever it was and he had his father's desk and there were a whole lot of photographs in his father's desk and he read dadland saw saw him his father being mentioned saw the photograph went straight to his desk found exactly oh. the same day it wasn't the same photograph but she was in hyde park with yeah. the dog um and it was margot again and he just said to find something out about yourself so personal so well, you late. know so yeah. late in such yes. an odd way yes. and so it was extraordinary so that wow. so that so that sort of almost all comes yes. through yeah. that postcard. A lot of that is reverberating yeah. out of that card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny, so, Yeah, it? yeah. Oh. It's um, funny, these revelations about family, as you say, as a, as a late stage. Yeah. They're, they're both utterly meaningless. Yeah. But they're, they also, there is a sense that they have a sort of profound meaning and as well. they can get lost so easily. Yes. You know, because they're they, almost they lost. Can, oh, they are almost lost. And one of the, the lucky things for me was my, the fact that my name is quite unusual, Kuru, yeah. you know. Mm. It makes a difference if you're... Smith or something. It's Jackson. really hard. It's Kennedy. really hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Um, uh, so that was really lucky, and you start tugging and things happen, but it gets really fascinating, you know, especially when with affairs and loves and heartbreaks and misunderstand misunderstandings. That's the other thing. Yeah. But isn't it's a sort of a rule of 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 when you go back into the family history that things are never as simple as you think they're no, going to be. The, no, the, the, And they never have no. been. No, yeah. but even within each other, you know, we might say something to each other and you might take it one way yeah, and it's yeah. not quite... Oh. Yeah, and then yeah. you tell somebody else what I said to you but, yeah. and you put a bit of a spin on it yeah. and it's and suddenly it's got a life of its own and, oh, and it's all sorts of, great of tragedies, things. Isn't it? Well, it can be. Oh. Yes, it often can be. But Certainly families. Yeah. Mm. But within it's what, families. It's, it's what gives us material to write about. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> Like the song says, gossip comes from the devil's workshop and only true love can make it stop. Yeah. Very good. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things you do in, in your writing, Alison, is this, in my opinion, is you kind of go right into people's sort of thought processes and thought patterns, and yeah. even even yeah. half-formed thoughts. Yeah. And um, that kind of, those kind of awkward not quite saying things. That seems to be a bit of a, oh, a thing that. that you look at. Yeah, well, or, I'm or interested play in with that. or struggle with. Or... Yeah, because you never really, you know, you never do really know what anybody else is thinking. Um, but if you're writing a book or you're reading a book, you do. That's half the fun, I've always thought. Mm. Yeah, stick them together and those half thoughts yeah. have meaning. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, you, I'm trying to be realistic and you don't finish your own sentences, particularly when you're you're the only person listening, if it's yeah. in your head. Yeah. And do you, is, is, I don't know, is, 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 I don't know if any of those subtleties and unconscious things can ever come out in postcard messages or are, are postcards too um, prosaic and too, and too kind of formulaic for that, do you think? Bit, I don't bits know. Bits can sneak through. Or? Yeah, the the thing is, my you know my my father was from a working class family and got educated out. My mother got educated out. And I mean, if I went back to nineteen nineteen, I don't think a lot of my relatives could write. Right. I mean, if I look at uh, birth certificates going mm. back a you know very short distance, the women are just doing an X, and the guys have that laborious. I have learned how to write my signature. I mean, I never saw uh, my maternal grandparents, the ones that I knew most. I think I saw them reading a book once. Mm. They'd read the paper. They just didn't, they, you know, they, they knew the beginning of my career and they just found it, you know, amazing and they were very happy, but it was completely mystifying. 
Um, you know, if I was reading a book at all, they would not want to interrupt me because it was this important thing that you're doing, and I'd just be sitting there reading a book. Um, so, yeah, I mean, postcards or Christmas cards or things, you'd get my grandfather's printing. He'd invented this kind of very curly type of printing to be his handwriting, which I would recognise absolutely anywhere. Mm. But uh, they were not really people of the word in that sense. They were certainly story storytellers, joke tellers, but it, it yeah, I mean, it's, it's evaporated because it was not ever really written down. Yeah, so without access to education, you don't have those cards. No. So yeah. It's just... It's just it's interesting, isn't it? Just you, you, which means you have a sort of a, an, such an incomplete record of, mm. of people because and it's only the it's extraordinary there. things that people remember, like the guy that ran off and married a gypsy, the guy that got his eye kicked out by a horse, <laughs> the guy who would get carried around by the horse attached to his cart because he was too drunk to know where he was going. But so the, the good stories, did. in other words, it's, a lot of it is suicide and drunkenness. Um, guy who hung himself with his braces in a signal box which I didn't understand when I was little because I only knew elasticated braces. I didn't uh, know about yeah. So I just imagined him bouncing up. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> quite comical. Yeah, yes. which was a kind of mixed yeah. message. Um, but they're all things that have been handed down. Mm. And, yeah, it's it's all the really grotesque things that people yes. would remember. I often think about this, the de- you know, deaths of people. We always hear about how people died. So you get fixed by yes. your death yes. in, the, mm. in a way. So that the guy is swinging up and down on his braces, it's, that's what we know about him. And that... And that's probably <laughs> pretty much all I know about him is, yes. that, is that that's so... I think he had a feed store, a sort of dry goods mm. store. Um yeah, they were all black marketeers, except for the one guy who actually went and uh, was on the Burma Railway. He ended up being uh, captured by the Japanese. But, uh, yeah, it's this storytelling identity uh, and people falling out. I think and... in, in, I think older postcards have more of what you were saying, more hints, more sort of the, the more cra- crackling things going on underneath them than perhaps now. Yeah. We tend to now... We've got emails and other work. You know, I yeah. think in a way yeah. it's a shame that emails aren't going to be that. So, you know, hard, hard to aren't get. Have gone already? Emails? Well, I keep, I keep. Oh, Putin I keep has all, all of them. Yes. <laughs> no, I Good keep luck to him keep. Yeah. with that bit. Yeah. Um, Alison, you've got two more cards for us now. I have two more cards. Yes, these are both slightly more sort of arty and considered, aren't they? Than, than your smutty ones. My smutty <laughs> ones. Well, yeah. Again, these are shelf postcards. One of them was sent uh, by somebody that I met in a voice workshop Um, because I do this sort of voice method and you you end up kind of knowing people quite well because you're doing these weird things. But it's it's a photograph of a guy who looks as if he's a commissioner or something but he's wearing his medals and another guy in a flat hat and a deep mob suit it looks like but it's George the something's coronation so it's post-war King George the sixth oh, no, no, so 37 um, and it, but this woman sitting on the shoulders of these two men and it's just it's this bizarre insane shabbiness of <laughs> the awfulness of patriotism when it just manifests itself as bizarre madness and the, the woman on the shoulders looks very like my grandmother. She's very skinny and she's wearing these sort of Mary Jane shoes and long skirt, although my granny wore kind of miniskirts until she died. Um, but she's got the determination that my granny has. And I kind of, I reckon I'm going to end up looking like that if I live that long, if we haven't all caught fire or drowned, or both, like the Bakerloo line, that's our future. Um, 
So I kind of love that triumphantness. And so they've got... turned out for this coronation, and it's 37. 37, yeah. It's only because it looks staged, but I don't think it is staged. I don't think it is. No. I think they're terribly proud to be doing yeah. this bizarre thing yeah. that they're doing. And I think the woman, the guy in the front. But isn't, cap... isn't patriotism a, a, a display anyway when you do it's this? Yeah. Sort of so they are. But it looks like the photocarty person has sort of got them to do that, but they, he obviously hasn't because there's a whole load more. Yeah, in the well, they're and certainly there's, willing. Yeah. There's, there's a woman who's either in a tree or standing mm. on a lamppost in mm. the background. There are people sort of far up, so they're trying mm. to see something. And the guy in the flat cap has got his hand around her ankle, so I'm assuming that that's sort of, Sydney, carry me on your shoulder, <laughs> sir. Well, well, she, she, she looks quite like slight, she weighs about six stone. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's, yeah, she's yeah. the one who wants you want to put on your yeah, shoulder. Yeah, but she, you know, she's got this bizarre jacket and she's got badges or medals on, and she's got this odd scarf. I didn't and odd think people flower. dressed up so much in, in that sort of royal um, paraphernalia then, but they obviously did. I oh yeah, even uh, like the, the World War One stuff, the rosettes and the red, oh, white, I and suppose, blue, yes. jiggery pokery. Which yeah, she reminds me of my granny. Who was uh, her first husband died almost on their wedding night. Oh, gosh. She was very peculiar for all of the time that we knew her. She was on a two-weekly cycle. She'd be on holiday with us and you'd get to the Friday and everybody would be, you know, it'd be like thunder being about to happen. And then something, the spoon would be at the wrong angle or the light coming through the window would be wrong. Joe, we're going home. I'd pack his, pack his bags. And that... <laughs> And she just needs, she'd need to rant for two hours and have everybody say, no, we want you to say we really like you. And then she'd be fine. Everybody else right. would be in tatters. Wow. But she'd be fine. But and nobody told me why she'd be like that until she was already dead. Because oh, right. she, you know. Might have helped. She was dream. Yeah. But oh, it, that's another thing, isn't it? Nobody ever, ever explained anything. She, she had a nervous. And there usually yeah. was a, a reason. Mm. But yes, no, people are actually quite rational yeah. in their irrationality yeah, aren't yeah. they because yeah. she missed him all her life she married somebody much younger who was very athletic who had his same initials mm. she dreamed about Jack Peace while being married to Joe Price all of her life mm. um, yes. yeah and nobody said that's why she's completely bothered. Yeah, yeah. Because I, mean, I would have liked that. One of the know, things that one of, on on those postcards about my 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 dad's first wife was just the, the absolute shock. I when I discovered, uh, I just thought oh, I'm going to look at his um, divorce and his marriage document to her again because mm. I found all that. Just look at it again, and I thought, hang on a minute, and I looked at it again. And I looked at the date, 10th mm. of October, um, 1944, and I thought, fucking nuts. Goodness me. <laughs> I thought, goodness me. <laughs> it's the, he's, he went married my mum on the same day. Yeah. Married my mum on the, on the 10th of October, you know, well, t- 10 years later. Is it? And you think, why would wow. anybody do that? <laughs> you know, anybody with half, half an understanding of how People upset. Yeah. When my mum would have found, you know, if she found out, which I'm sure she would have, because these things tend to come out. Yeah. But, my grand would yeah. wake up and tell my grandfather, oh, I dreamt of Jack last night. He was just getting harpooned in the heart two yeah, or three times yeah, a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But as a kid, you know, you just don't really... No, you're you a sort of un- uninformed witness, aren't you? you just no, sort of... yeah. That was the other thing I remember thinking, how we often don't coincide with our family and our parents mm. so that when when we're old enough we can understand things about our mother or our father yeah. that actually we really railed against when we were young and then yes. by the time that you're old you understand they may be lost their own yeah. mind to dementia or they've lost yeah, the memory yeah. of it or they've yeah, gone yeah. and you can't it's very hard but it is the human condition isn't it, more, it yeah. is because you can't condition. really yeah. 
you can't really burden children with all the adult problems no. because they don't understand it. But Not they'll interested, ta- but, either. Well, but yeah. they'll, they'll take on the burden, yes. which yeah. you don't yes. really want yes. to burden yes. them yes. with, actually. Absolutely. It's not fair on them. Yeah. So it's, there's yeah. a sort of... If, if we do, then they want to know. Yeah. And then, yes. you know, we've all got... We can't remember anything. Like, <laughs> you, sh- you should do a, dec- a packet a decade. Sort of, if you're still alive at 40, <laughs> please open this packet and then you'll learn these things about it. Yeah. And if you live to be 50, there's this packet. That would yeah. be brilliant. Yeah. That would be a film. That would be a good film. That's yeah. a good idea, yeah. Yeah, that would be, be good. Yeah. Now, you've got one more here, Alison. This is a, I have one more. an aeroplane. This is an aeroplane. Um, I wrote this book about tail gunner in a, in a Lancaster bomber. Uh, and if you, if you do, you never really get away from your research, whatever you do. And for a novel, it takes a long time. And the period had to be totally right, just out of respect for those guys and because people are still alive who could remember it. And more of them were at the time. And, um, and your research for this book is... You've, you've in what's the word? Interiorized it. You've absorbed it. Internalized. That's the yeah, word. Yes. I, because I, you're you're living in his head in the book. That's the point. That was the beginning of me not flying because oh, I assume really? that I have the same odds he had, which was one in two of dying. <laughs> a fifty percent chance of living through a flight. Um, but this is a postcard I found afterwards. But I've never been able to get away from it. Um, I've no, why should you? Why should you? No, it's kind of a fascinating period, and it's so sort of twisted and peculiar now. With all of you know, we've forgotten all the brown people who fought for Britain. We've forgotten all of the Jewish people, all of the Hindu people, all of the African people. We've paid yes. a third of the compensation to the African troops. It's all about World War Two, but nothing that actually happened during yes. World War Two. The II. romance of it, rather than the reality. Um, yeah, and and the uh, could we maybe not be Nazis now then? Because that was kind of the essence of it was not being Nazi. Um, and they had lots of conversations about you know how do we do this without becoming Nazi because we don't want to. Um, but of course we won, uh, and that could have allowed us to get away with continuing it. But yeah, this is um, one of these guys who was commissioned to paint during the war uh, in 1940. Uh, Keith Henderson wrote, did this beautiful picture, which is not a very good picture of a thinker Lancaster. <laughs> he's not very good at painting planes, and he's got side windows, which you didn't really have in a. It's a. F- Fabulously dreamy image, though, isn't it? It's It's, weird. The colour scheme is magnificent. It's dramatic. It's glorious. These two guys on the ground watching a guy who's in mid-leap above the wing of this bomber. And... It's beautiful. Very surreal. It's such a metaphor for it's flying. Like, is it De Chirico? Yeah, it's De Chirico. Yeah. Isn't it? It's not De Chirico, is it? It's, it's just this... No, no, no. Keith Anderson. It's this magnificent drawing. And obviously, they never used it because this is improvised testing of a wing. You would jump up and you'd mm. go, go on the wing and jump up and down it right. to see if it would break because it was quicker and you were turning these planes around. But you weren't supposed to, Right. obviously. <laughs> But the, and it's the, not—it's not a dignified image either, really. No, but the joy of it and the childlike thing of it, and just the peace of it, and they—you know—there's a Bowser there. They're—they're putting fuel into a plane. They're testing the wings. It's going to go and bomb the crap out of everybody. Um, but it's so peaceful and carefree and delightful. Mm. And it actually—if you read—you know—I was reading the training manual, which was this—I think the weekly magazine for people in the RAF which was a new service. They were trying to get, you know, a kind of comradeship in it. That's kind of why there was so much bizarre language about pranging and wizard and things. They were really quickly trying to give a group identity. And they all knew that most of them were going to die. They kind of really did. So the 
part of this training manual that was supposed to be about how do you keep your gun clean, how do you keep it warm, how do you do blah, 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 don't put your fingers into the bolt cutters and the leading edge of the wings, because then you'll have no finger. Um, it was also really funny, because that's the only way they could get... They couldn't yeah. not do it, yeah. Yeah. so they had to do it. So, you know, it's, it's like the Wipers Times. It kind of has that spirit. And, and that drawing, again, is just... It's bizarre, Yeah, well, the, it's the, totally explicable. The, the chap jumping... Caught midair, so frozen midair. Yeah, and uh, which is always funny in a in a in a in a painting anyway, because a, yeah. a camera is instant. A painting they've had to sort of imagine him in midair, mm. but he seems as unlikely floating in the air mm. as the aeroplane seems to be unlikely floating in the air itself. Really, yeah. it's yeah. so huge and enormous and stationary and land, and, and yeah. land bound. It's and he's so, so clean. Tiny. Everything's so yes. there's no, nothing on the floor anywhere. And this is rather this huge expanse of sort of earth. Yeah. No, and this is this is in the Imperial War Museum, is it? It's uh, well, the po- the postcard is in the Imperial War Museum, but I, d- I don't th- I don't know if the pic- I, presumably it's in their collection because but it was right. yeah it was never used because it was somebody doing something that was naughty, um, but it, yeah I just it's extraordinary and I mean it's stupid 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 but if I I went and uh, taxied on a working Lancaster and. Looked at bullets and did all of that stuff. And by the time I'd finished the book, then with the Costa, I think they probably still do it. They make a little mini film if you're nominated yeah. for the Costa. And the mini film was they took me back to the aerodrome, oh. back to the Lancaster. They played the music that was in the book that they went halfway yes, through a record yes. and then went ran away. Yes, yes. And by, by that time, I'd found out that there actually was an, an aircrew that did that. Oh, God. So You'd imagined up. yourself into reality. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And, I, and I, you know, it was a thing that you might do. We, we will come back because we have to listen to the other half of the record. But they, they pulled back the doors of the hangar and I saw the Lancaster, which I'd been on before. I just immediately got sweaty all over and sick and I had to say to the director, I have to go and sit down. I have somebody else's PTSD. Excuse me a moment. Yes, this bo- is <laughs> insane. And I, yeah, and you've I lived in that head, down. so... It's, it's interesting. It's the only one where people believed that the characters were not me. There's always this assumption that you have to be writing from people that you've already met, which would be the boringest thing on earth if you were doing fiction. The whole point is you're building things that don't exist. And that's the only one where I got the credit of having made it up. And even then, you've got critics going, did you have a relative in the RF? No. (laughs) Did you know anybody? No. Have you got a neighbour? No. (laughs) You must have met? No. (laughs) Funny, isn't it? I made it up based on But that is is all a credit to you, of course, actually. That is is praise. And uh, people just want to anchor things in something. And it is real. If it's real when you read it, it's real. It is real. It's come from reality. It's supposed to feel real. Yes, yes. yes. Of of course. But it's a very odd sort of disabling (laughs) thing to insist on their not being imagination. Well, look, uh, thank you both, both thank of you, you. For, for coming and talking yeah. and sharing yeah. your stories, which have been fascinating and interesting and touching, um, and I hope the listeners have enjoyed them. Uh, a quick reminder for everyone at home, images of these cards, you will no longer have to imagine. Um, they'll be on the, po- the blog, postcardfromthepast.co.uk. One more card before we go, and I'll let you go back into the real world. I don't know if oh, either of you like have seen cards. one of these postcards. Oh, no. oh, you can play it. Oh, We've got two writers here. Could you describe it for me, please? Oh, it's a big postcard with wiggly edges. <laughs> She's good. She's good. It's got a hole in the middle, and it's got um, it's uh, a record. It's got you can just see on the, sh- the shimmering the grooves of a record. So exactly right. This is so exciting. And it's phonoscope. It's a phonoscope, and I've never seen one before. Well, this one hasn't been sent. I don't know. It might have been sent in an envelope. 
And it's, it's, what's the image on it? It's, um, it looks like Piccadilly Circus. Is it? It might look like no, Piccadilly it's Circus. No, it's not. It's somewhere foreign. It's that. foreign. Is, is, it, is, it, um, is it Italy? Somewhere. It might say on the back, actually. Ciganta. Yeah, yeah. Is it uh, it no. is... Or maybe in the corner. Oh, Napoli. 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 So it's Naples. Piazza think, yes. Trento oh. e Trieste. Well, it could be Trieste. I think, yeah. it's, Nap- I think it's Naples. Okay. Oh, place, pl- 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 Trieste oh, Square. Oh, yes, okay. Square, yeah. 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 Well, um, young Tom is in the other room um, playing around with the buttons. Oh, I want and to play this If we now. ask him nicely, he might be able to play it oh, for yeah. us. Yeah. Good, here he comes. Here we go, here we go. Oh. 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 Oh, lovely. Yeah. It's sort of what you'd expect to hear, I think. Oh. I think this one might be oh, a bit scratched. That's... Oh, you can oh pitch I love it. Kitchen dance to that. Does it take you back to a, a square in Naples, maybe? Yeah, but... It's really lovely. I love Well, as the Neapolitan Square rotates at 45 revolutions per minute, that's it for this time on Podcast from the Past. I'd very much like to thank my first-class guests for sharing the postcards from their pasts, Keggy Carew and A.L. Kennedy. Thank you both. Thank you. That was really great, Tom. And thank you for listening. Bye for now. You can see more postcards with their messages posted every day on Twitter. Do follow me at Past Postcard. And you can buy the book Postcard from the Past by me, Tom Jackson, at Amazon and all good booksellers. And if you're looking for podcast production, check out wardorstudios.co.uk. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.